This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors around the globe. If something in your life is making you feel stuck or you feel blocked from happiness, now is a great time to try therapy online. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp and also really help out this show, head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme for 10% off your first month of therapy. Thanks! Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on the tools I use in my own life. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode, um, it's it's about self-help for people who hate self-help and what that means to me. And this is really about shame, I guess, more than anything. If you have feelings of shame or you feel like something about yourself is not good and won't be good ever. Like if you have if you have like a secret truth and that's the kind of state you can recognize in yourself. If maybe you look down on other people for being happy or you resent other people when they're happy or if you get into that state of excluding sources of help because you think, I'm not like that, but they don't get me. So if you start to close off to sources of help, um, that's when you have a belief that you can't be helped. Or there's some small part of you that is doubtful that other people will get you or understand what you're going through. Like we think we're unique in what's wrong with us. And when you get into that place, I would say that's like, that's the origin of this show. I don't often talk about myself in the show. I mean, I I do vaguely. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll talk about, you know, my son or whatever. But um, that's partly because I really want this to appeal to all people who are suffering. And I remember I always had kind of a filter for shutting out help back in the day. I'm talking like high school. I would wait and I would listen to whether or not the person who was speaking was like me. I, or, or whatever it was, whatever that source, I'd be kind of scanning for the gimmick. Like, what's this really about, though? What are they trying to tell me? Because I already know what they're going to say. Or I already get the thing that they're trying to teach me. Um, and so I would, like, for example, if somebody was basing something on, like, the power of God, immediately that was, like, a trigger word for me, and I would shut down. And I would be like, okay, I'm not listening. They don't get me. I remember listening at AA meetings and NA meetings and fill in the blank presentation speaker and I would just wait to see like what's your shtick ah yeah you're not for me you're not like me and I remember also doing the same thing with books with self-help books I would scan to see what the gimmick was because in my own mind I knew everything and if I couldn't help me no one could help me and that's really the foundation of so much desperation and fear and horror at having nowhere to turn Like when you grow up being a tiny adult, when you actually become an adult or 
when you find a problem that you cannot see a solution to, you really feel as if you have no hope. Like there is no solace and you feel like there's nothing out there. I can't see this, the solution, therefore there isn't one. And when you feel like there's no hope for you, the other way to deal with it is to numb, like to, to kind of chase sources of denial. And unconsciously, you're, you're just running from that truth of hopelessness. So then we start to kind of fill that deep fear with any distraction that will help. For me, that was a relationship or a substance or an obsession or fill in the blank vice. Um, like body image, for an example, is a really common way to fill that uh, void and chase that fear away it's just to have a project like I'm obsessed with my body that's the only thing that I have to worry about it's the only thing I have to focus on and what happens when you're numbing all the time is you don't realize that you are coveting and holding on to and protecting a shame a secret hidden shame that you believe is true and that is like a life sentence and you will for forget that you are given it like you just, it becomes part of you. You don't even realize that it's uh, this, there's this tiny little rock stuck somewhere. So when shame gets buried, you are guided by it. You are guided by it, but you don't recognize that that's the thing that's altering your behavior. And it's increasingly hard to look at those origins because it's like muscle forms around the rock. And it's like our brain just kind of doesn't want to go near it, but we don't know why. We just end up kind of looking at other things like pointing at oh it's the the scale whatever it is so as a young person I really didn't know what was guiding me but I knew I was doing a lot of self-destructive things and I think that's one of the key reasons I made this podcast is when you're stuck in shame what we really need more than anything is just the beginning of change we just need that way to turn the corner we need a way to see that there's day daylight. We just need to see that little tiny shaft of light like, oh, there is a path out of here. And as a young person, I remember I didn't receive help easily. I just didn't have any hope. I, I had the secret truth and no one else knew or understood it. And in air quotes, because I didn't believe anyone could help me but myself. And I remember writing myself a list during high school of all the things that were wrong with me, how fucked I was, all these things that were impossible. I had addictions, eating disorders, all sorts of fun stuff. And that was kind of the halfway point for me in change. That was like, shit was going to get way worse from there. But really what you need is to find that starting point to even begin to make change. Otherwise, you're just going to continue running away from that fear. A huge one for me was seeing that I didn't know it all. So before we can make that trust fall into change and allowing others to help us, we need to have that tiny key handed to us, the tiny key of self-forgiveness, of seeing like, wait, what? It's not my fault. And I believe that that comes in the form of understanding a very basic why. Why am I like this? Why would it be normal for me to be like this? Why would it be completely understandable for a person in my position to do what I have done? And once you get this key, you can see that there is daylight at the end of this tunnel. You just have to keep walking toward it and don't stop until you get there. And for me, that key was, or one of them, I would say, was reading a book called Trauma and Recovery. I'll put a link in the show notes. 
I remember reading a chapter that sounded very familiar and it allowed me to stop hating myself for the situation I was in. And I believe that things like knowledge and understanding can give us back our self-compassion in a way that allows us to start the really hard, necessary work. So posting this episode, I'm, I'm really just trying to remind you that if you're stuck or if you feel like no one can help you, don't lose hope because it does exist. You just have to remember to stay open and receptive and know that your particular teachers will arrive in a form you might not be expecting. So don't shut off to all therapists if you had one or two or three really bad experiences. And don't turn off to all psychology because you tried CBT and it didn't work for you. And speaking as a person who didn't believe in anything spiritual for all of my life up until maybe like 10 years ago, know that you will change in ways you you do not expect and you don't know all of who you are and who you will be from here today right now. We are all very unique patchworks of experiences, beliefs, wounds, and yearnings. We must find equally unique help for ourselves. So just like it can take a lifetime to find your particular tribe in a social sense, it can take a little bit longer to find the right kind of healing and help in the exact method you need to learn it. And it will likely be a combination of things. What I want to try and give you with this post is just a reminder that you make sense and you're not broken or stupid. Whatever you're doing or have done is understandable based on the particular life experiences you have had. So treat yourself like a research project and pursue that understanding so you can hold on to that tiny key of your why. And if you feel conflicted, if there's things that oppose inside of you and you're battling with certain things, that's really just a, a digestion process. And I think the most important thing is just allow ourselves to have it and accept opposing feelings as completely okay to coexist. You can have opposite feelings at the same time and both of them are true. It's just a process of allowing ourselves to be okay with exactly where we are, exactly how we feel, and there's nothing wrong with that. Before I close, I wanted to say a thank you to my latest sponsors, Alexandra, Nicole, Linda, Jenny, new monthly sponsor, new Patreon, Darcy. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys immensely. You really helped this show happen. If anyone has the means, donations really help me out. And if you don't, I completely understand. I also love reading your reviews on iTunes. They warm my heart. Also love a heart and SoundCloud if you don't have access to iTunes. And if not, just maybe share it with someone you think it could help. So in closing, speaking from my personal experiences, this path of growing self-love and letting go of our shit, it's messy and it's painful at times, but it's so worth it. And it's such a relief just to not be running anymore, just to be in the process of working on your shit. It's like, all right, at least I'm here. At least I'm in it and I'm trying and I'm confronting it because it's almost like living dead alive if you are in the state of denial or of fear. So I say, whatever you're freaked out about and you feel like, this is maybe going to fuck everything over in my life, like 
the running part is so much harder. It's so much more exhausting and it feels way worse. It's like living with a state of dread. So I say, look at it and know that if you want it, there is help for you. It just has to come in a kind of unique form. And eventually you will get to know all of you and the outcome is peace. It's, it's the outcome is self-love and self-understanding and a thirst to help others. And you also get to know how to work you better. It's like learning how to use a new, new computer. You know how to restart it. You know how to open up new tools. You know how to, pull, you know where to put all the old files and they don't take over your screen and crash you like they used to. So I hope you go for it. And I hope this is helpful in some small way. And as always, I send you my love. And don't forget to smile.